0: to whom he asked the question a storm has turned their galilean dinner crews into a white knuckled plunge here's how one of them remembered the trip jesus got into a boat and his followers went with him a great storm arose on the lake so that waves covered the boat these are matthew's words He remembered well the pouncing tempest and bouncing boat and was careful in his terminology. Not just any noun would do. He pulled his Greek thesaurus off the shelf and hunted for a descriptor that exploded like the waves across the bow. He bypassed common terms for spring shower, squall, cloudburst, or downpour. They didn't capture what he felt and saw that night, a rumbling earth and quivering shoreline. He recalled more than winds and whitecaps. His fingers followed the column of synonyms down, down until he landed on a word that worked. Ah, there it is, seismos. A quake, a trembling eruption of sea and sky, a great seismos arose on the lake. The term still occupies a spot in our vernacular. A seismologist studies earthquakes, a seismograph measures them, and Matthew, along with a crew of recent recruits, felt a seismos that shook them to the core. He used the word on only two other occasions, once at Jesus' death when Calvary shook and again at Jesus' resurrection when the graveyard tremored. Apparently, the stilled storm shares equal billing in the trilogy of Jesus' great shake-ups, defeating sin on the cross, death at the tomb, and here, silencing fear on the sea. Sudden fear. We know the fear was sudden because the storm was. An older translation reads, suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea. Not all storms come suddenly. Prairie farmers can see the formation of thunderclouds hours before the rain falls. This storm, however, springs like a lion out of the grass. One minute, the disciples are shuffling cards for a mid-journey game of hearts. The next, they're gulping Galilean sea spray. Peter and John, seasoned sailors, struggle to keep down the sail. Matthew, confirmed landlubber, struggles to keep down his breakfast. The storm is not what the tax collector bargained for. Do you sense his surprise in the way he links his two sentences? Jesus got into a boat, and his followers went with him. A great storm arose on the lake. Wouldn't you hope for a more chipper second sentence, a a happier consequence of obedience? Jesus got into a boat, his followers went with him, and suddenly a great rainbow arched in the sky, a flock of doves hovered in happy formation, a sea of glass mirrored their mast. Don't Christ followers enjoy a calendar full of Caribbean cruises? No. This story sends the not-so-subtle and not-too-popular reminder getting on board with Christ can mean getting soaked with Christ. Disciples can expect rough seas and stout winds. In the world, you will, not might, may, or could, have tribulation. Christ followers contract malaria, bury children, and battle addictions, and as a result, face fears. It's not the absence of storms that sets us apart. It's whom we discover in the storm, an unstirred Christ. Jesus was sleeping, the gospel records. Now there's a scene. The disciples scream, Jesus dreams. Thunder roars, Jesus snores. He doesn't doze, catnap, or rest. He slumbers.